Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My name is Thomas. This is Loic. And today for our first ever podcast of World Chase Talk, we have no other than Mr. Christian and Damien DeVoe, the founder of the sport, uh, but also the man who told me how to eat pancake the right way. So first of all, <laughs> gentlemen, how are you? Very good, thank yeah, you. Very, good. very well, thank you. Yeah, but I must have just come back to that pancake thing. We've got to specify... We taught you how to eat American pancakes, proper pancakes, not French pancakes. Those American that's pancakes right, we taught right. you properly. That's Just to right. specify. No, no, no. French, fr- French don't make French don't make pancakes. They make crepes. No, it's we a, don't. Entirely, it's exactly. a different food. It's okay, a different yeah. food. It's not uh, even. Different thing. I don't even know why thing. people shouldn't even call them the same thing. They're they're totally and utterly different. Yeah. Yeah. The technique for crepe is totally different from pancake. The toppings, yeah, the technique, is. everything. Yeah, yeah. If I have to tell you a secret, but don't tell anyone, the best crepe I've ever eaten was in London, actually. Um, yeah, don't. Yeah. But Loic's not going to like that. Not Loic's not going to like that at all. What do you prefer? <laughs> do you prefer <laughs> or pancakes? Maybe pancakes. I don't know. I guess I don't. It's a difficult question. <laughs> so, did we start a podcast about World Chase Tag or <laughs> about crepes and cuisine and everything? <laughs> Actually, that brings us to like one of the main topics we discussed at WCT6 USA, meaning we need to make WCT EMA Championship in France uh, so we can finally eat something good. <laughs> Do they have waffle houses? Do they have waffle friends. houses in Paris? No, I don't think we have that kind of things. Uh, if Americans well, come to Paris looking for waffle houses, they're going to be disappointed. What about plastic cutlery? Do they have, do they have plastic cutlery? Uh, that's very, very rare. I don't think they're allowed to give it anymore in France. You have to have a like, proper... Like, <laughs> okay. Cursory. You're not allowed to give, uh, I think, by law. Uh, is that the sophistication, like, please? Uh, <laughs> it is. It's nothing to do. It's nothing to do with like um, the throw. It's just sophistication. Plastic cutlery. What the hell is this bullshit? You know, it's not sophisticated <laughs> enough. We have to eat with metal cutlery. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we don't care about the, the environment. We just care about <laughs> how it looks like. That's just yeah. like, oh, it's not fancy enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, we could start talking about Chase Tag yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're gonna talk a lot about World Chase Tag and about you. We had to work a lot, like, to prepare this podcast, especially because we've had a long-term relationship, talking together for quite some time, uh, and we had to put ourselves back into the shoes of like, what if we didn't have access to you? We didn't have the chance to talk to you before. What kind of questions uh, people may want to know? We also have like more tricky questions. So depending on how you go and if you're too cocky, we can ask very hard questions. Um, the first one basically is one that you've already answered a lot. So we may not spend too much time on it, but it's always interesting for people that may be new to the sport. Um, where did Chase Tech start? What, um, what we're most in- inter- interested in and probably that wasn't talked about so much uh, are all the versions you brought before you came to the final chase of format. Um, can you walk us through your experience of bringing the sport? Yeah, maybe I'll... Um... So I'll, I'll start by saying how we started and then, um, then I'll let Damon take over. So from, from the beginning, it, it just started like from just very organic in the sense of playing tag with like my son, who's um, uh, now he's a bit big guy um, in Team Fat, who's Orlando, so for people that didn't know this. But when he was young, all he wanted to do was just play tag. And he didn't, you know, I was more of a traditional sport guy. I wanted to, you know, play football or cricket or something like that. I mean, he just wasn't interested in those sort of things. So it was just um, playing a lot of tag. And then I'd sort of forgotten how much fun tag was, yeah. And um, 
when he was young, it was kind of cool because like I could I could own him at tag, yeah. And um, <laughs> so we just used to play a lot of tag, like with his friends, we would play and stuff. And then over time, we started to introduce like obstacles, you know, to make the the mm-hmm. game more interesting. And then um, over time, again, he reached some point where he thought he was getting better than me. And he said, uh, okay. like, okay, I think I'm better than you. Like, don't you think? Like, I, I, let's see who's better. <laughs> and so, and that's, that was what really started everything when he asked this question. Because in trying to prove who was better, that's what, like, kick-started. Mm. So I got two iPhones. I got one iPhone that counted down from, like, a minute. And then I would get a second iPhone where I would um, I'd have someone who would be watching. And then... When I would tag, so you press start, you press to start on both phones. So one is going down a minute and then one is like a stopwatch going up. And then when the person that started on the tag tagged the other one, you press stop on the phone and then you run around. And then when they tagged you back, you press start. So you needed an adjudicator to be pressing start and stop. Once the timer went off after a minute, you would then look at the phones and then you'd see like who had the longest tag time. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, the shortest evasion time, effectively. And then, and I thought, wow, yeah, that would be, that'd be amazing if professionals played that, you know, like imagine if you got elite athletes, but, you know, I was working in a hotel company. I, I just didn't have the time to do anything about it. So I just forgot about it until when we went through the financial crisis in 2008, um, we had a very difficult few years with the hotels, and then, um, okay. and then for me, the crucial point was um, the hotel company I was working with got sold. They wanted me to relocate to Croatia. I didn't want to go, and then, um, and so I was here deciding what to do. I could either sort of stay in um, hotels, I could um, go into like I was going to go into management consultancy, or I could try doing this third option, which was this. And so um, I, I, I thought, you know, now is a good time to do that third option because, you know, it was just that sort of crossroads in my life, you know. And, um, and so I, I took it. And the first thing I did was patented a timing system based on that idea that I had with the, the iPhone. Mm. And that that's comes back to like the first video that you shot at uh, next to Chainstore yeah, exactly. when you rented the place and you had the guys with the different shirts. And that was the, ac- so, the accumulated... Well, accumulated actually, that, that was later. That was later. Oh, yeah, no, but, but before then, uh, after Christian's <laughs> idea, before that thing with the coloured shirts, that was one person. That was one-on-one. Um, so you'd, it was only two people. Yeah. We started to have more and more people involved. So we started to have games of like three or four people. And we realised we could have a certain round length. And if we had um, like five people playing, we could just have five people with stopwatches that would time how long each, each person was on tag. And that was when we first mm. did our first sort of test shoot um, with Storm and Stara. That was the video you would have seen with all the different colored shirts. We'd have like four or five people and then each, each person would have a stopwatch. And the person who spent the least amount of time on tag would have won. But having that test shoot, we realized that it was very, um, there was a few things wrong with it. First of all, it was very easy to gang up on one particular player. Um, okay. It was also very difficult to get yeah. a focus of attention. Everyone is running around. It was difficult to tell who was on tag and things like that. Okay. Also, if there was a mistake with a decision let about me, whether the just, tag took place. I just wanted to yeah, put yeah. you off there to, to say something because that might be interesting for the viewers. Because um, when we did do that test shoot and Damon said you can gang up on someone, um, like all the Stora guys ganged up on Pip Anderson. 
right? And um, <laughs> and Pip was killing Poor it. Guy. Right? He was like, Pip was doing really, really well. And all the Stora guys ended up ganging up on him. And and it me- means that he he ended up actually losing to Benj. So Benj is our first ever sort of winner. But <laughs> I feel it kind of should have been, been Pip, you know, kind of. It's mm-hmm. controversial to say that. Benj might not be happy, but <laughs> but I do feel so, so the, the, sorry for Pip. And I just want to shout out to Pip because he rocked on that day. So, yeah. so the way we can see it as well is like, I think. We, we ought to store ganging up on one guy. Yeah. Like the, some of the changes of the sport that you, you've seen in real life to be like, oh, that's why we're going to have to change the game and make it exactly. what it is now. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, it, it's basically yeah. like the game of tag we've all played when we were kids. Um, put as a sport with like different vision you had. Like I know you made you made some uh, meetups in Hyde Park in London. You brought people to just play chase tag uh, out in the open without even a quad or anything. Just experiment and discover about the game. Um, then you did the first test shoot with like the color shirt. So I would tag you, I would shout purple or white because you have a white sweatshirt. Uh, someone would time, you're the chaser for like 10 seconds before you tag someone else. And that would be like one minute round or something like that. And then you move towards the chaser format. Was there any anything in between that you tried or was that like the next step? No, we tried, around that time, we tried so many different formats, ridiculous formats that weren't going to work. Um, like <coughs> there was one that we had, um, we started to realize that teams... It, it was good. Um, one of the things we thought about was like, if they gang up on people, maybe it 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 sort of suits it to be d- done in a team format rather than an individual format. So we started to think of all kind of weird things that maybe you Makes could sense. have. One of the ideas that I remember was that you have like, and this is a bizarre one, but you'd have one evader and then a team of chasers. And, um, and the quad would have to be a lot bigger, but you would all the, ch- I don't know why we thought about this and it's such a ridiculous thing okay. to think, but this is one of the examples of the multitude we came up with. <laughs> But the chasing team would have to stay in very close proximity and the time would go slowly. And it was only when they um, when they broke apart, did the timer properly start. So you just just corral them, corral them, corral them. Then when you split off, that's when. The t- so we, we thought of all kind of stupid things, you know, and, and they were ridiculous. They wouldn't have worked. Some of them weren't bad. But anyway, the one we decided was the best and the easiest was what we use today is the one-on-one, um, you know, winner stays on, basically. And that started off, it, it took a little while to get there. First of all, we just had like, we just thought, okay, why don't we just do a format where it's just 20-second chases with one chaser and one evader? Um, it was always winner stays on as evader. And all the chases would just queue up and you just take it in turns and you just go round and round and round. It was a good way just to okay. figure out who's going to be next on. And then one day we realized, wait a minute, you could divide that up into teams. Okay. So it sort of evolved over time, but but we realized after a while, yeah, that that's the best way of doing it. Sorry, um, there's a crucial video called um, Chase Tag Chase Off, episode one. And that was when there were four of us. It was me, Damien Lando, and my nephew, Thibaut. And basically, if you look at our first ever video on YouTube, um, it was the same. My daughter was in that as well. And one of Lando's friends uh, called Dom. But it was those four of us, like my nephew Thibault was always in the early involved in the, and he was actually in the Star Chase Off as well, in Orlando's team. But that was the first time that we tried out this, this first one-on-one over 20 seconds. And so the video is, okay. looks, it's a bit of a simple video, but for us, that's a, um, it's a very significant video in, in terms of our history. So, so basically, like to come back to what Damien was saying, you've experienced experimented with, with a lot of different formats. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of them were 
really fun formats to play or probably even very good format to train on chase tag mm. to learn about like the, the strategies and everything without going into too much like a team or anything but the vision you have for world chase tag being like becoming a global sport and like going abroad with athletes coming in and everything you also had to think of what can actually be produced uh what people would want to watch and basically that's my question to you like what do you think makes a sport attractive today what is it what it is that you're trying to make with World Chase Tag, what it is that you're trying to bring into the sport today? Well, I've said this before, and I do, I do sort of um, like mean it. When myself and Damien started, we, we designed, we, we bought the scaffolding. When we did that first shoot with Stora, yeah, we absolutely made a pact that if, it doesn't matter if thing is fun. And incidentally, I really like multiplayer. Like, like we, and Unfortunately, the term that we had used for the multiplayer was ultimate tag, we called it. Yeah, um, it was a bit before the TV show. It was unfortunately a coincidence that it was like that. But I really like that. Tag coincidence. Maybe I'm a bit older and slower and, um, and whatever. But I like the fact that you can sometimes find it strategically important to get yourself tagged mm. if you're next to a person because you could pass the tag on quickly. Mm. Yeah. And um mm. And and so I, I just like this added level of uh, layer of um, of strategy, yeah. But we absolutely made a pact when we did those test shoots. We booked, we booked two days in May, one at the beginning of the month, and then we would do the test shoot, and then we booked the second day of the, at the end of the month because we wanted to see what we had observed from the beginning, and then we could refine like the quad and refine the rules and that sort of thing. So we booked the second day, we booked both dates. And we said to ourselves, if by the second date, we weren't entertained and watching, we were going to sell the scaffolding and we were going to walk away. I was going to go and get another job, 100%. We, it was an absolute fact. And then, and we were very fortunate because we, we landed upon, we, we called a few people. We called um, like Dan Edwards, we called Akai Willis, and we called um, uh, Scott from Ampisound. And we ended up like going with Kai Willis and Kai said, yeah, yeah, I can get you people. And he got a storm, which we were very, like four guys from, and he got Stora, you know, and so we were, we were very extremely fortunate. When we mm. saw these people doing what they did, we thought, yeah, this is like, this is definitely like something that's worth pursuing. Yeah. Now mm. it was just a question of like, well, what format and how do we, create that but what we saw on that day 100 we thought yeah yeah this could be something for sure and even when we got the one-on-one 20 second format sussed out there was still a lot of things we realized okay um it has to be like it has to be 20 second chases we thought about longer chases and it was just it, people started to get tired and it wasn't like an explosive sprint um so we knew it all has to be snappy even the way how like the short breaks between chases is all just to keep it fast and exciting and just short and explosive mm. and a very clear focus of attention. It's very obvious as soon as you turn on the chase within the first five seconds, you'd know, okay, he's chasing him and that's that. So, so yeah, you, you try to build like, build up onto the, the, the well-known sport of the game of chase tag, of tag actually, that everyone played on. Uh, even animals played tag. Uh, you then added this kind of, very fast pace, only 20 second chase. So that's going to be very fast, only 25 second rest. So it's always going to be like a high tension building up. Um, 
as well as the strategic side with building teams and like learning the arena and everything. Uh, do you see in the coming future, maybe like one year, two years, three years, uh, big evolutions to the game? I know we've discussed like behind the scenes or with different uh, people working around Chase Tag, potential for leagues, uh, potential for uh, maybe multi-round uh, games where we, you do you would do 16 chases, then you would have a break, then you would play another set of 16 chases and everything. Yeah, like best uh, of threes. Or yeah, best of three or stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, is it something... I, I'm asking the question while I know some of the answer, uh, but is it something you're working on uh, in the future? We've got a couple ideas to change little factors about the game, but I think fundamentally it's going to stay the same um and we'll take it in time and it's one of those things that i think it's because it's a new sport we don't want to change things too much because it confuses the audience so i think for the time being there's one or two rules we might bring in yeah, but sense. i think it works there's a lot of other things we can do in the meantime to kind of help the sport grow mm. and the priority changing the rules or the quad mm. or something like that isn't really a priority at the moment you know there's scope to change, yeah. but I don't think it's yeah. necessary now. See, it yeah. comes back to what you were saying about chase tag is very easy to understand. You watch it and straight away you know who's chasing, who's evading, who's winning. Kind of like soccer in a way. You have some specific rules you need to learn, but you know if it's like 2-0, who's winning. You know mm -hmm. when you score a goal, you know that someone just scored a goal. It's like very easy in that sense. It's not like a point system, but you have to wait for the judges or anything. Mm -hmm. um, so keeping the simplicity, I think, is a big... Uh, draw for the athletes and for the gyms and everyone that want to get involved with World Chase Tag. But while we're talking about changes, uh, are you planning any changes on the quad or do you think that the state of the quad right now is really balanced and good um, as it is? Yeah, I think it's good. Like the last change, we put, we made one change um, after WCT5, the World Championships, when we went to the US Championships and we added that, you know, bar, bar the tilt cube. cube. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think there's any fundamental problems we need to change now. Yeah. Which, and that was just to increase EQ in that area, you know, mm, before okay. a lot of people used to be around the area. Now it's sort of shifted a bit okay. more towards the loading bay and the ridge. So we just thought we'd try and increase the EQ there. Has it worked? Mm. I don't, I don't think we've got enough data on it yet, but I, I don't think there's any rush to change a quad anytime soon. Okay. You know, we'll see if anyone exposes any problems, but I think for now okay. it's good. Yeah, one of the things I find fascinating about Chase Tag is it's like a constant battle between like two athletes in the quad, two teams outside the quad, but in some way every athlete's against the quad itself. Mm -hmm. And it's like World Chase Tag also working into keeping the, ba the, the EQ balanced, the evasion quality. Uh, you wouldn't want to watch a sport where 100% of the chases end with a tag or an evasion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important to see like there will always be monitoring of what's happening on the quad and decisions made according to, okay, we need maybe to raise the EQ some, somehow in a place or another, just to make sure that the game stays challenging for everyone. Uh, but it won't be changes that huge every time or any time. You're not going to replace loading base straight away or ridge yeah. straight away. Maybe that will just be like adjusting the height of a bar or add, adding one bar or something, which will change the game only a little, bringing new strategies and ways mm -hmm. to play, which is yeah, a huge way a huge draw as well. Like if you're a good team and you've been training for years on the quad, you don't want all of a sudden the quad completely changed and you have to learn everything, new tactics, new automatisms and everything. It's else. amazing, I find, that how consistent actually the quad is because if you look at the stats, event after event after event, the average chase time ends up being about 13 and a half seconds. That's very consistent. Also, the amount of evasions we have is also incredibly consistent between events. <coughs> Doesn't matter if it's in Europe or America, yeah. 
the EQ of the whole quad and the evasion ratio of the quad is actually remarkably consistent. And so is the chase time. That's that's so consistent after each event. I think it's it's like literally always about 13 and a half seconds is the average chase time, which is bizarre considering there's so many different you know, types of athletes involved. Sometimes it's only American athletes, sometimes only European athletes. The biggest single change that we had when we did the star chase off, the first one, um, we didn't have a border. And um, we had targeted about 20 to 30% evasion ratio. So we wanted, you know, 20 to 30% of uh, chases then in evasion. And when we did the test shoot, we had a combination of some really good athletes and some like less good athletes, yeah. Let's put it that way. And um, okay. we got the evasion ratio we wanted. So we thought, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. When we did the actual event, the Star Chase Off, the, all the athletes were really, really good. And they were all pumped up because they all wanted to win, you know? Makes sense. And people sense. were getting caught like in five seconds then. And I had in my mind what it would look like. <laughs> that first event was almost like a fraction above my worst case scenario. And I remember being in the corner, just thinking, this is a, this is a disaster. It's a total and utter disaster, you know? And then eventually we, there were a, a couple of evasions came and it, it, it sort of worked out. But in my mind, I was really, really pissed off. And so when we did the second event, um, the, the, the crucial thing, because we didn't put the border on because it took us, we, had to, we took two trucks up when we did that first one and we did the border, it adds, it literally adds like in terms of weight, it adds almost like a third of the weight, right? Just the border. But we thought, okay, look, we have to do the border. We were debating like how wide do we make the border? And then we settled on Mm. the the height that we have based on like the size of the sheet that we could get of wood, you know? And we put the border on, Mm. we did this test event, like, well, not test, it was like a qualifier for the, WCT two, we were at um at Mikey Newman's place in um he did this event in Swansea, and the border just worked so so well. And so to me that was, I don't think the quad will ever undergo a single biggest change as the border. Um, and so that was one crucial thing. And then the next time I was that pissed off as well was I remember because I, I was pissed off at um when we did WCT USA, the second one in 21, because okay. my wife had got, I've been looking forward to this event, you know, COVID, no one was doing anything. Mm. My wife got COVID and I couldn't go, I wasn't even sick. I, my wife tested oh. positive. Now I had, I couldn't go to America. So I had to sit here and watch this thing and we were watching it live. And I remember at the thing, I remember watching and I remember seeing a few people practice and they were going behind the mountain, right? And before Apex came on, I saw a few people go behind the mountain. And I was like, why are they going behind the mountain? That never works, yeah? Because people have tried it before. It never works. And what I think had happened was, I think word had got out of people, Apex people saying, yeah, we figured out how to go behind the mountain. So other people were trying it, mm. thinking it works. But you need mm. to know the precise foot placement and everything like that. When Apex yeah. came on, they made it work, right? And I was, I was, I was absolutely fuming, right? I was pissed off because the buzzer wouldn't work. I was pissed off because I wasn't there. And I was pissed off because people were going behind the mountain. And I was just like, fuck, right? And um, I don't mean, I'm not pissed off with Apex. Like, let me just like, be 
completely clear on that, yeah. Um, but I was fucking pissed off on that day, and um, and I think that change um, with the border, with the the the, the tack ramp on the on the um, the mountain slope, and then the fucking apex bars. I think that was probably um, maybe the second biggest change we made. Oh no, probably the ridge when we put the ridge because there was a whole. Um, different obstacle there. Yeah. Yeah, the the Lazy Boy as, as well, if you look Lazy at uh, WC2, it was on your lot. table or something, and then you added like the bars and gates and everything. Um, yeah. To some extent, like Apex and the fuck, fuck Apex bars, uh, that's coming for a reason, but obviously, like Apex is the prime example of playing smart, like finding a vulnerability into the quad and just yeah. using it to their best advantage we've do you think that another situation like this one could happen like maybe there's yeah. something yeah in the quad like i think at wc6 us we've seen olaf try to go behind the tack ramp i mean uh, he it did. didn't work he did he, he didn't yeah, work, yeah, yeah but, but uh, it, it, like he also did like some crazy moves on the sisters like tick tack onto the second really sister nice. and going down yeah, again that and was everything. Really nice. so i think we'll get into more kind of technical and timing as opposed to just like going outside the map mm -hmm. in a way um, but I'm still waiting to see some people were discussing on the discord is it allowed and it is allowed to just jump out of the quad before the buzzer and then land after the buzzer outside of the quad and yeah. I'm waiting to see that happen I can't wait for someone to do it um, yeah. it is allowed you're allowed to be anywhere inside the quad but if you're jumping out and you land after the buzzer Technically, you were never outside the quads until it buzzes. But usually in gyms, like especially in York Hall, uh, you don't have the space to jump out really like with the camera guys and refs and everything. But to some extent, if you're on top of the mountain and you start jumping out from the quad, that would be like a crazy move to try. There's one chaser with Nicodemus. I can't remember who. He was right in the corner by the tilted cube. And, um, and he got tagged, like, literally, he was sitting there, and the guy was just inching his way forward, and he got tagged, like, literally on 19 and a half seconds. If he would have just stood on the border and jumped off, that probably would have been an invasion. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's only true. time that I think yeah. I can yeah. really think that's that that would have been the case. You know? But as an athlete, is, uh, you're taking a huge risk because you're not sure that it's 19.5 seconds mm. before you jump. Yeah, so yeah. you have to, like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> run with a timer on, on your watch and be like, all right, now I can jump. <laughs> or look at the scoreboard. If this timer's there on the scoreboard. My, my coffee machine at home, It, it, when you press the button, yeah, like you press it twice and then the coffee comes out, right? Like from, like if it's, you, you turn it on. So from scratch, if you press it twice, it's exactly 20 seconds before the coffee comes out, right? So I always count in my head and I have a thing with my daughter, like I go like that, boom, just as it, you know, and I'll say, Luca, and so she'll be from the other end. She goes, and then the coffee goes, eh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> Even though I try and count it in my mind every time I have a coffee, I never get it. I never we're get gonna, it. Exactly we're going to need the brand of that to put it. I'm sure athletes will want to buy the same yeah, 20 one. 20-second coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 seconds coffee to train your 20-second yeah. reflex. And when you, when you talked about Swansea, I think that was the only event where Harun got evaded. Am I right? That wasn't an official <laughs> one, so it doesn't count as his proper They, statistics. But There's a couple things I believe to say it was the that. only time he got evaded, probably by a kid or something. Am I right? There's a couple things to say about that. Though. <laughs> like he, um, I think he, they were, as far as I remember, they were really um, destroying the other team, and they let him. Like, and I think when if you look back at the video, he kind of let him, kind of, um, uh, you know, get away. So I think that 
I didn't realize that. Like some comments started to come up on social media, was saying like, "Oh, he got tagged here, he got evaded here and here," and we were like, "No, no, that's not true." And then someone actually put gave a link, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, he did." But looking back on it, yeah, we don't count that because it was he was letting him win. You know, I think they were so clear ahead. He just they just thought let him win. You know? Yeah, it was not an official event as well. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he, he's still unevaded yeah. in his professional but, but career in Lyon when he was playing against Paco. Yeah, but again, that was not a professional. Yeah, uh, yeah, event and he he tagged that 19.9 so that was, was very really, close. really close really close but, but he's yeah. still unevaded mm. he's one of the few unevaded with Sliger and yeah. some other athletes mm. um, if we move forward to it, like we have a few other questions mm. so obviously we talked a lot about the history and like how it came about and some things that made you upset and everything uh, we talked a little bit about the few changes you would want to see in chase tag, like the rules and everything, as you said, you're not gonna. It's not likely you would change the whole ruling system. That would make no sense, anyways, uh, or to bring like huge changes to the quad. But World Chase Tag, as a whole, has like big project, like big projects with like leagues. Uh, I know Marcus is working also on the trading cards. Uh, maybe at some point a video game. Like we were discussing yeah. uh, the other day with someone being like, "Oh, I would love to play a video game of World Chase Tag or something." Um, where do you see like the sport in? like one, three, five years? Like, obviously this is like quite a question people always talk and every, every year that someone asks this question, I think I have a, like a slightly different like vision of it, but you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so let's say going right forward, if you'd said to me, like, say for example, something like Olympics, if you'd said to me that, is this going to be, I would say, like, I don't really want to be in the Olympics. And I don't think it is going to be in the Olympics, you know. Now, like, now that I know what I know about the Olympics, being that their focus on urban sports, their focus on a younger demographic, mm -hmm. their inclusion of women, and their, their, their pillar being to have sports that um, have a much lower, like, financial like, footprint, like, so to speak. Mm. It would be very difficult to in at some point in the future, um, if Chase Tag continues on the trajectory and that we're going of growing in popularity around the world, it'd be very difficult mm. to ignore something like that because it satisfies all of the pillars that are being supported by the IOC. And on top of that, there are very few sports that are naturally as global as Tag is. Yeah. That's true. Because some sports don't have maybe, like, say, for example, if you take surfing, for example, like not everywhere has waves. Yeah. If you take skateboarding, mm -hmm. not everywhere has the ability. Like if you're in a country like India, there are very few places to mm -hmm. skateboard in India. Right. But with chase tag, everybody like there's not a country in the world or a person, an able bodied person in the world that hasn't played it at some point. So. If you're talking about a truly global sport, there aren't many that are like that. And from my point of view, there are some sports that are fun to watch, but boring to play. And the other way around, mm. good to watch, boring to play. Mm. I personally, my view is that chase tag is both. Yeah. And so with that in mind, they, I, I don't think there is a, a limit. And, and if you take other sports, say, for example, like what's the biggest success sport of recent times and i think it's probably like like mma and what that's done mm. but there are elements of mma that are 
perceived as slightly negative. It's violent. It's kind of brutal. You know, whereas Chase Tag just has they're just positive elements about Chase Tag. You know? So that's true. I think there is no limit. So, so we're getting close to the end of uh, that podcast. We still have a few mm. minutes, um, mm. but we still have three main questions. I think we want to ask you. So I'm going to have to ask you something I usually don't do because I, I love talking with you guys. But we're going to have to come back to short, or, short <laughs> answer. <laughs> uh, the first one is probably the trickiest one and uh, mm. the weirdest one to answer. I'll go for it and I'll give you the easy questions for later. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, what is the most difficult decision you've had to make as you were building the sports? We've always had this, we've always had this, um, this thing we want to see the best people chase. That's been, always been our guiding principle. We realize after we get pulled in all kinds of different directions, we want to see the best people chase. And that's really helped us along the way um, in just focusing our attention. What's going to allow us to see the best people chase? So that, that's made things very, very simple. But I think in a way, and I don't know if Christian agrees with me, and it wasn't really that much of a difficult decision, to be totally honest, but... Near the beginning, when we first started to get success on social media, we started to get a lot of um, a lot of things from TV companies saying, "Oh yeah, we can make this into the next Ninja Warrior and all this kind of stuff." <coughs> and it's tempting, but we always just kind of said, "No, no, no, you know, we don't want to do what we want to do the sports side of it, not the TV program side of it." I remember we actually went to I, I think it was a lawyer or a production company or something like that, and we were telling them we don't really want to do that kind of stuff. And he was like, he thought we were crazy. He was saying to us. Are you sure? Let me get this right. You know, you're being offered to make a TV program, but you're turning it down. And we were like, yeah, we want to concentrate on the sports side of things. And he just thought we were crazy. And I think I say it's a difficult decision because it was tempting, but I don't think we ever really seriously gave it any consideration whatsoever. But in a way, that was the hardest decision we had. I think having that thing that we want to see the best people chase... And we want to see it as a sport and not a TV program made things very, very easy. So I don't think we've had any really difficult decisions. I don't know if Christian disagrees, but in a way, the hardest decision was just to actually do it in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I do disagree a little bit um, because I would say to me, that wasn't a difficult decision. That was easy. Like okay. we never wanted to do it. Like, and it was, it was it's simple. I, but I agree hundred percent with what Damien said. It, it's like, it's, uh, you know, are you, not regret going to regret this later a difficult decision is this thing between should we be on tv and should we remain on digital this is a really really mm. really important question and it's tied in with our partners uh tupelo honey and great television yeah mm. this was a really tough one because do we stay digital and keep our costs down or do we do things like for television that can appeal to a bigger market um, but they're more expensive. If they're more expensive, it's more difficult to do regular events. There's more, like we have to burn through our equity to raise finance to be able to do that. And it's one of those questions that we'll never know, like, because we'll never know what could have been had we stayed purely digital. The only thing we can say is that, like, actually, through, we, you know, when we, when we work with Tupelo, we sit down and we strategize on what we should be doing and whether, you know, like being on ESPN. And so far, it has being on ESPN and like we'll soon be on L'Equipe, we'll be, you know, the BBC, plus all of the other channels that we are around the world. Um, this has given us a air of legitimacy 
that perhaps we wouldn't have got if we had stayed on the digital. And I think that's really important for, for people to accept that we are like, yeah, this is a proper sport now. And so people buy into it more. So yeah, I think it's probably the right direction, but we'll never know. But it was a, that was a very, very difficult crossroads that we faced. I think you did keep the, the passion about the sport alive. And therefore, the I, of it. yeah. So therefore, I don't think that the TV was a bad decision, in my opinion. I think most athletes would agree and everyone seems mm. to be excited about what's to come so plus some people are still releasing content uh, digitally and trying different things so i feel like you have a bit of both words which is good and indian people will complain about everything like american food <laughs> yeah. chase tag these french people <laughs> um anyway we have um it's almost like a little ritual we have on the podcast is that we like to ask everyone you guys are going to work together if you had to build like the best team possible of chase tag who, who would, would you pick? take you only have six choices you can pick anyone you want you can even pick people who are retired mm. uh who people who didn't even start chase tag yet but you want to join um you're allowed to pick anyone if you want to make it harder, I can give you my team and you're not allowed to pick anyone from that team. No, no, no. Or you can go straight with your team if you don't want any help. Um, I would say, oh, okay, judging by the fact that this has just been recorded after the US Championship, I would say definitely Jason Bergeron and Orlando. Um, yeah, Orlando. Um, so that's the first two. Christian, are you going to disagree with that? Mm. Or do you agree? It's uh, Yeah, it'd be hard to disagree with that. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's two. It's it's lucky I didn't give my team because I had both of them inside. Okay. <laughs> I heard that Christian was actually better than Orlando at tag, but that's... <laughs> he was better in 2008. <laughs> yeah. um, do we go for Haroon as well? I got Haroon in my team, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you picked um, three out of my six already. <laughs> Probably going to pick a false one, I think, especially Christian, because I have an athlete that he said he would always draw in his team okay. if he had to make one. Okay, Christian, you do the next. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you could do a whole podcast on this, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because there's, there's people that um, maybe haven't lit the chase tag on fire yet in terms of their dominance, but you always mm. know that it's a question of time before they do, yeah? Like, um, mm. like, like Jared, if Jared continues training... Mm. You know, at some point, you know, like he's going to dominate. Yeah. Like I always see, like Santos is so explosive. You know, um, mm. like you know, and then there's people like like Michael Sliger, who you always want to rely on. He's like you know, and like Naim, mm. who has that like sort of aggression. You know, and yeah, right. you know, you kind of want to balance your team out. You don't want like everybody in it. You know, um, and also. Mm. Do you just want evaders or do you want like chasers as well? So if he committed to it, yeah, if he committed to training, like Haroon is always then tactically, Haroon is like one of the best, like, you know, people around, you know, with his long arms and everything like that. Um, <laughs> the harpoon. Like, you know, Khalil is like, you know, he's, his reach is pretty strong. Um, but in terms of raw speed on the quad, this is raw speed on the quad, yeah? Luke Stones would have trained as well. Like he'd be, you always want him yeah. to have this reliable chaser who you know you could always put out. So, so like, you're just listing all the best athletes. Yeah, I'm going to give you my team to see what you would say to it. What about, what about, can you, what about, um, 
what about coach? What about coach? Yeah, I was going to say Amos. Uh, we didn't say, uh, you can pick a coach. It's not part of the six. Probably no, but can, I would still pick yeah, Amos because he's a good brain to have. At this point, That's everyone's going to pick answer. Amos. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. pick Amos. So my team basically was Jason Orlando. I've said it. I had Naim there. Uh, I added a Harun. Uh, I had Rob Schill. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I picked, Emil from Kimio because he's been training a lot. Most people only have seen WST5 and he's not showing that's his best side yet. But mm. I believe he could take a strong team by himself by now. So mm. I'm giving him a, ch- a shot at that in, that in that dream team. So you got Jason, Orlando, Harun, and then you said Jarrod, Santos, Michael Slager, Naim, Khalil, Luke Stones, etc. <laughs> yeah, we got a big team. Nah, nah, <laughs> I, my dream team would be... It would be hard. Uh, it basically, I'd, I'd start with Apex and just sub a one or two of the people out of Apex. Yeah. I, um, I mean, if you got a team that like never a, lost, a, that would be uh, yeah. like a good way to make it. But I wouldn't put Emil in, right? But what I would do, if you were allowed, if you were allowed, if you were allowed a coach, I would have probably as the coach. But if you were allowed assistant coach, like like a fitness, I, then a hundred percent I'd choose Emil. Like he'd be my like you know, when they need discipline, or they, you need that. So you know, people are just messing about. They're not showing up on time. Yeah, that's the army side in him. That's why. Yeah, Emil, would, <laughs> he'd be definitely in the coaching staff, hundred percent. So, so, yeah. so, who do you validate in your team? Jason, Orlando, Harun, and then the next three. But before I would pick that, before I'd pick that, I would, I would assess, I would assess their motivation for that tournament. Yeah. This is really That's important. Are you just so trying to evade like, that question with just yeah, some kind of bullshit way around? Evasion. Like, I would make a test because <laughs> I don't want to pick someone. Yeah. <laughs> I put, I'd put Michael Sliger in there. I'd put, Sliger. I'd put Michael Amos Sliger. Sliger. Mm-hmm. All right. To tell you the truth, I love to watch. I love to watch Seth Wang chase. I love to watch him chase. So I would just put him in there just purely from an entertainment point of view. How he dives through the bars and stuff like that. It's just impressive. My sixth player would be like a wild card. I'd either pick like Seth Wang or Andy Tomin or something like that. Yes, Someone who's just going to chuck it. Andy. So yeah. I, that was exactly what I was going to say. I was like, once you yeah, have yeah. them in your team, if they get on the starter plate, you're scared in front. You're like, what yeah. the fuck am I going to do yeah. now? They sent exactly, Seth, yeah. then they sent Andy in very different like ways of playing yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. But they're all scary. But if you could have a situation where if you could only pick two athletes and just watch them chase again and again and again and again, I, would, I could watch Seth Wang chasing Jason Bergeron. I could watch that like... Mm-hmm. I could watch two hours yeah. of that. Just chase up. Yeah, they have videos on their Instagram. I think we'll just post it as well here yeah. uh, on top of the podcast. Uh, they have videos. It's just not insane to watch. Jason chasing Seth. Seth chasing mm. Jason. It has to be mm. that <laughs> way around. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So last question is also a bit weird. Um, yeah. Or not, depending on what you can answer. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who's considering starting their own company, their own organization, their own... Yeah, maybe Sports. we, we could say projects to yeah, keep projects. it like What wide. kind of advice would you give them to succeed in that? Uh, you're going to say, and I'm going to just take that off from the list, uh, we we may not have succeeded yet, uh, blah, 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 blah. But to an ex- to some extent, like, World Chase Tag is becoming global. People are playing everywhere in the world. Mm. It's coming to TV in Czech Republic, France, uh, England, USA, and everything. Uh for a lot of people, that is like already quite a huge success. Uh, what can what piece of advice would you give to someone who's starting a, a project, any project? I, I, I've got a definite 
answer for this. Do you, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go, James? Well, I'll go first because I know what yours is. Yeah. And so mine, I, I don't have kids and stuff like that. I don't have a family and all this kind of stuff. So I can take more risks. And I would just say, and I've been involved in a lot of projects. I mean, you have a family. Huh? I don't have family that rely on me. Do you know what I mean? No one relies on me. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I can't even rely on myself, to be totally honest. Um, I don't. I, I have no. I have no um, heirs to the throne. I have no offspring of, to, to, that depend on me. And so I would say, um, take risks. Just do it, and just you learn from each one, and just get like there's a saying: um, fail better. Just do it, and just don't fail as much next time, and just get better each time, and don't fail as bad as you did last time. And you know, and hopefully you'll get there one day. And, and just go for it. Just keep doing it, keep doing it. And just learning and growing and stuff like that. I know Christians is a bit different. And it's because of our, our risk tolerance, I think. I'm able to risk because I don't have as much, no one depending on me. That's my answer. Go for it. We're going to make t-shirts with this, like fail better. And then we're going to make the other one with the bits of knowledge that Christian is going to give us. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so, my, yeah, my thing is that is to ask yourself this question, yeah, because um, like I've been like this before and I say this to other people as well. If you can stop doing what you want to do, then stop. Unless you can't. Because you really want to do something, you it's so difficult and you're in the world is so competitive now, right? That there is no point trying to compete against someone who's doing something because they can't stop. There's something in them. Mm. Like right now, me and Damon have committed everything. We can't stop. We don't have a choice. Mm. And, and that's sometimes when you have choice, this is like not, when you have no choice, you have to go. Yeah. And yeah. that's an important thing because there's some people in this day and age, you're competing against those people who will give everything to it. And unless you're prepared to do that, there's no point. Yeah. And I've seen this before, like even with people like like I look at the way like Orlando trains, not Chase Tag, but the way he applies himself mm. to parkour. He does that because that's what he does. He doesn't question and get distracted by some of the other things that other people do. That's he's, he's parkour. That's what I do. Right. And so if you want to be good at parkour, you've got to do what he does. Otherwise, you're not going to be as good. It's simply, it's not, Lando's not, look at me. He has that DNA. Look at my wife. Yeah, that's the DNA he has. There's nothing special about that. The reason why he's good at parkour is because he trains and trains and trains. That's it. That's what his focus is. Right? And it's like that. If you're doing, if you want to do something like well, that has a big impact, you have to give everything to it. I think that's a very solid piece of advice. Yeah. Do find what moves you and go for it. Yeah, just and go. never stop. Like basically, I think that there is a book about that like called Relentless or something uh, by Tim Grover. I'm just sharing bits. Okay. Go buy it on Amazon. Yeah. I'm going to send you my affiliate <laughs> link. And we're going to start selling like coffee machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, like the coffee yeah. machine, you need to give us the, the name of it. We'll put it in the description. I'm sure some athletes, especially Americans, they're very like professional in their way of training. We'll want to buy it just to train their 20 second reflex. <laughs> like one chase, one coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. one like, chase, I mean, one if coffee. Every day you have that thing of like, I'm, every morning I have it, then I go train, then I'm used to have it in my daily life. I know what 20 seconds is. Apparently Reaper from Empire, he counts, yeah. 
he counts to 20 seconds. Oh, so okay. in Atlanta, there was one chase where he kind of just stopped. And then the guy tagged him on 19.9. And he was thinking, like, the buzz is going to come any minute now. Uh, I don't know how much truth there is in that. Yeah. But um, apparently he counts. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. joining us to that first podcast. That's not the first one we recorded, but that will probably be the first one out. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And also, like, I've said it already thank multiple times right. in the past, but thank you for everything you do for World Chase Tag. And, and likewise. Basically for the spot you built. But yeah, it I brings think. so much to everyone. We, we had a big conversation already with Frank and Mark mm. uh, Bowles and Frank Mejia. They're obsessed, about they're obsessed with it. Uh, Mark's <laughs> wife forbid him to bring Chase Tag into the house <laughs> and everything. I mean, she's very so supportive, he told I, us. But Actually, I think we should thank you for ruining relationships, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's he's going to slap me when I come to Panam. Uh, but... Yeah, no. I <laughs> yeah, people are obsessed with it, and uh, I'm obsessed with it. I'm the first one obsessed with it. So thank you for that. That's uh, yeah. very big things in many people's life now. I think so. My wife My gets advice. like angry if we have dinner, like, and then Damon is wrong, and then we da 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 like that. So yeah, I I, I understand, and I apologize to all of those people that. I've ruined <laughs> like, uh, but there are a couple of things that in my mind I I remember seeing um, Mark training in his garage. And he'd created this, he'd, he'd sized out the, uh, the, the mountain uh, gap, yeah? And he yeah. was doing speedballs through this thing. And I, I, it just, like, just, like, incessant, like, boom, 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 one after another, after another. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, that, just that image of him doing that really sticks in my mind. As well as the, uh, the image of the heavily accessorized Frank Mejia will always be imprinted in my mind as well. Was was he heavily accessorized during questions. the podcast? He just had his glasses. He was like just GNF shirt, glasses, yeah. classic style. Chilling. Frank being Frank. Yeah, the legend, the myth. So anyway, maybe we should say bye now. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll have cheers. you on the phone probably in the next few days anyways. So. Yeah, speak to you soon. See you. Okay, <laughs> bye, take guys. care. Thanks. Thank you very much. Bye.